Blog Talk Radio.
Father, we praise you. Father, we thank you. Father, we praise your name. We thank you, Lord. Holy Lord Jesus, please cleanse and totally purify our heart, our mind, our soul, our spirit, our flesh, our record-keeping books in heaven and our robe and gown in heaven with your precious blood. And Father God, burn it clean. Purge it clean with your holy fire. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, we just lift you up and magnify your name for the days that we are in right now. We understand that we must be so much further ahead into the end times than probably the vast majority of Christianity across the world understands. And we thank you, Father, for helping us to understand that. But at the same time, we are humbled by the many times over the last 11 years that we um, guessed that uh, things were going to get a lot worse, uh, and they didn't. And because of that, Father, we just give you all the glory, and we thank you for helping us to humble up. We thank you for helping us to understand that even as advanced as it appears that we are, based upon the empirical information and the flow of, uh, inf- you know, the, the flow of information that is on a global level, although albeit as untrustworthy as it is, we give you praise, Father, because it has stabilized us. It has given us a state of NEFO. It doesn't mean that we don't get depressed sometimes. It doesn't mean that we don't struggle sometimes with our walk and and having to deal with all of these. Well, swings of positive and negative information flows, but but Father, it gives us the ability to understand that even though these things appear to be exceedingly intense and appear to be exceedingly, I mean, words cannot describe how it, the impact level, the significance of how how bad things appear to be. We also recognize and thank you, Father God, for your mercy, because it helps us to understand that in the midst of all of this clamor, it is highly possible uh, that things will shift as they have many times in the past, and uh, what we think or anticipate may happen may not. 
and that uh, there could be a, another, you know, several more years that we have to endure with a with a changing with an ever changing tide of, uh, you know, ever increasing darker apocalyptic events that are increasing so slow that the fr- that the frogs don't jump out of the pot and that people continue to g- give and take in marriage, uh, you know, and uh, just like you warned us about, Jesus, that, you know, as long as the intensity of the judgments and the intensity of the darkness increases at a slow enough rate, uh, it is reasonable to estimate based upon your warning in the Olivet Discourse, Lord, that, that people aren't going to notice. People are going to still think. They're going to be still looking for the building of Solomon's Temple at the Al-Aqsa Mosque location. They're going to think that if that doesn't exist, we can't be entering into the end times, which is incorrect when we know that. And we praise you for that, Father. Father, we just thank you for the, for the, for the impartation of your wisdom upon our hearts, helping us to be able to in, you know, not know for certain, but to be able to with a with a relatively calm spirit be able to anticipate that we could be here for quite a bit, you know, maybe several years longer. Uh, we don't know. We, it, it definitely appears that we very well might be in the very beginning or the first three and a half years of the tribu- what you know the pre-tribbers referred to as the tribulation period. Which, of course, if it were that period of time and that were an accurate uh, eschatological understanding of the scripture, then they would already have been raptured, and they haven't. So, um, Father, we just praise you for the understanding that we have. We thank you for the nepho, if you will, the level-headedness that it allows us to have looking at the things that are happening and anticipating the possibility that we may be here a little bit longer and to be able to help us to cope with these dynamics a little bit better, take advantage of the time that we do have to draw in closer to you, uh, to um, to level uh, level out our emotional smooth swings that are typical and normal really for uh, a time such as this and certainly will increase or would be apt to increase uh, as things get uh, as the birth pangs you know become more and more intense over time so father we just praise you we thank you for the days that we're in we thank you for whatever it is that you have designed for us to be the works that you have uh, written into our books Uh, uh, Psalm 139 verse uh, 16 Ephesians 210 the works that you have written in our books that we are to walk in. We pray that you give us the courage, the faith, uh, the discernment, the strength to be able to, uh, to to overcome, persevere through all of these ups and downs and, and mass confusion uh, that is occurring right now uh, and, and, and be at the ready. Be at the ready for that outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that anointing that will turn us, I believe, uh, you know, in accordance with Isaiah 60 verses 1, 2, and 3, uh, that that light will come upon us. It will be, in some cases, visible glory light, and in other cases, maybe not as much, uh, and we'll be able to go out and do the things that you have established for each of us before there was time. Let us each become prayer warriors in the days that we're in right now, drawing in closer and spending more time in the secret place of the Most High, not letting the ups and downs of the world get the best of us. We just give you all the praise and glory. We praise you, Jesus, for Mark eleven twenty three. We We sing your praises because we know that you are going to answer all of our prayers. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. One day 
gave you my word so you wouldn't know. The time I'd come and take you home. It's time for you to look up. The signs I gave for coming down. Don't be called a sleeping blind. You don't want to be left behind. Come and be home. 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 Well, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we're still here. We're still here. You know, um, I, uh, I, I want to keep this uh, kind of short because I want to get to the point of all the weirdness that's going on out there, which, because, you know, we all got to kind of synchronize our, you know, harmonize, synchronize, whatever you want to use. Uh, you know, our, uh, you know, we're, what, what are we supposed to be thinking? How are we supposed to be acting? What are we supposed to be anticipating? What are we supposed to be expecting? Uh, is the list that we have repeated on this show like what? Well, a thousand times in the last 11 years? Is that list, has it changed? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, uh, you know, I, um, uh, you know, think that we are, as a matter of fact, I just had a conversation. Maybe the Lord's pull, pulling my brain back into this direction for an important reason. I don't know. But I, I do tend to, I don't know, people find me at work. It's weird. I can't explain it. And it maybe it's all God. Maybe it's coincidence. I don't know. I'm not real big on coincidences, but, you know, there's got to be at least some percentage of this coincidences, maybe. But anyway, so, um, uh, you know, people have this tendency. I work in a I work in a company that is just full of well, rock stars and geniuses. And I don't mean that to come across the wrong way. And there's not everybody not everybody fits into that category, but it is you know a, a super duper high tech company uh, that has uh, you know gone from basically 500 million in revenue to 3.5 billion in revenue in less than five years. That's a miracle. That's kind of like you know Wall Street is like you know if if we were going public, Wall Wall Street would be doing backflips right now. But anyway, all that being said, um, I just wanted to say that because, you know, intellectual people that tend to be, you know, intellectual wolves or academics or whatever the case is, they tend to be non-believers. They tend to, you know, they don't see things. They tend to rule them out. They they go into a state of, you know, denial. They, they think of reasons why it must be Photoshop and all that kind of stuff. And, of course, that, that makes them very anti or, you know, the opposite, if you will, of uh, spiritual because spiritual is by faith, right? So anyway, um, you know, so when to, to work in an organization that is gushing with, you know, hyper-intellectual type people um, and then to have, you know, a, a, you know, a good number of them, not not a huge number, but, a you know, noteworthy number of them search me out. 
you know, and they'll say they'll they'll toss little things over the wall when we're having a conversation about well, we got this opportunity from this client, we got to look do a statement of work and blah, 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 and whatever the case is, and all of a sudden, boom, the person will say, "What do you think about the X Y Z and the LMNOP?" And I'm kind of like going, "Whoa, how did we jump? You know, from hey, we got to get a statement of work out to um, hey, the Cascadia subduction zone is about to pop." And um, and I will share this with you. Um, this did just happen uh, to me just uh, I don't know two days ago or something like that. Um, I was talking to a lady by the name of Jody, and anyway, we get along really well. And uh, she, she all of a sudden, she just shifted gears and um, and went straight over uh, to this, you know, her concerns regarding Cascadia subduction zone. She lives out in the Sacramento area, and um, she was. Ex- I said, I said, well, tell me more, tell me more. You know, you know, fill me in on why you have an accelerated or you know increased level of concern regarding the Cascadia subduction zone, the potential for the mega quake to occur up there because you know it's been public news uh there's lots of geological you know uh you know the usgs and different agencies and stuff that specialize in such information including nasa with their uh infrared uh you know heat stress detection you know satellite things you know that they look where they look at the actual um uh crust of the earth and such you know so there's a lot of mainstream news out there that that over the years that has been saying you know hey cascadia bad news, you know, that kind of thing. Well, anyway, so she's like, well, because I live out here, I monitor this stuff very closely. And uh, she, she gave me some facts, figures, and numbers, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, according to her, you know, I would say highly intellectual and, into, you know, I don't know, borderline genius um, capacity in that regard. Uh, she's just one of these hyper, super hyper smart people. Um, she started to rattle off some facts and figures and whatever, and where, you know, the, the stuff that was occurring, where it was occurring, the patterns, the frequency of the patterns, uh, the, the increased magnitude of the patterns, uh, the direction of the patterns, uh, of all the different, you know, shaking and quaking and all that kind of stuff that is going on under the ground and in that general vicinity. And of According to her, uh, not only is the Cascadia subduction zone area shaking like all get out, uh, but also she says the there are strong indicators that Southern California is about to get hit real real bad as well. Now I find that very interesting because the prophet Dr. David O'Rourke, uh, who I used to track, you know, like uh, like like my dogs, you know, where are my where are my dogs? I got to hit the doorbell, you know, kind of thing, you know. And I I he had two mega visions, just ginormous, uh, about two separate massive earthquakes on the, you know, and and he would use different vernacular to describe, uh, you know, terms and such to describe um, what he thought he was seeing. And in some cases, he would see the West Coast of North America, but he would be, it would be nondescript. It wouldn't necessarily zero in on San Diego or Los Los Angeles or or Mexico or whatever, Tijuana. And it it was none of, you couldn't tell. He would just say West Coast of North America kind of thing. And and then that that just leaves you kind of hanging. You don't really know. But when you would listen to the two visions that he was given and and how he would describe what he was what he saw etc you could quickly determine that he was referring to two completely separate events okay both of them located on the west coast one of them uh was at least in my opinion as best as i could tell clearly the cascadia subduction zone event the other one seemed like it was further south but anyway i you know just be by the the terms that he was using and how he was describing what he saw now all that being said 
and I've always hypothesized that based on his two you know visions uh, that there were going to be two major earthquakes on the west coast of the United States. Now, whether or not they happen, you know, one might happen one year and then two years go by and then the next one, who knows? We don't know. But I did find it very, very fascinating that this, you know, Jody lady, uh, who's really hyper intelligent, um, out of the clear blue sky starts talking about this and she's dropping, you know, uh, like I said, facts, figures, patterns, directions, uh, you know, increases in amplitude of the quakes and, and the, uh, you know, and, and all that other stuff. And, and she's like, yeah, I'm definitely very, very concerned and watching quite closely. She goes, I am up at a high enough altitude uh, that I should not be hit. You know, she, you know, she wanted to explain it. So don't worry about me, that kind of thing. Uh, but, uh, you know, she was, uh, she thinks it's exceedingly imminent. Um, and uh, I find that very interesting because I forget it was like, uh, I forget what the name of the lady, Linda somebody, but, you know, it was a, a, an older lady and she was, she came on the program and I, I got to find that and replay it. But anyway, um, and she said that the Lord came upon her in, in a, you know, like, oh moment and told her, uh, you know, hey, uh, the next major event that's going to occur, of course, to the Lord, you know, that's kind of hard to decipher because, you know, what does God consider major versus minor? (laughs) It's kind of like soon. Hey, I'm coming soon, but uh, you might have to wait 2000 years. But anyway, so um, but anyway, um, uh, she was told to the, by the Lord that the next major event was going to be the Cascadia subduction zone, mega tsunami, you know, Seattle. And I, I, you know, I don't know, but that's what she was told. Now, you know, again, it, it still leaves you kind of dangling because, you know, who, why wouldn't we say that the Ukrainian thing is a major event? Well, you know, what, what, what constitutes, you know, what, where's your line at? Okay. That, you know, and, and how do you assign a magnitude? or a significance rating or score to the event. I mean, is the Ukraine a three on a scale of one to 10 with the 10 being Cascadia subduction zone or, or is a 10 the seven, you know, or so uh, ground-based nuclear bombs that are going to go off in the United States of Babylon, the great leveling, uh, you know, the same number of, of cities, which is really a prophetic uh, realization of the TV series Jericho, uh, which I highly recommend for, for anybody to watch uh, for, for a you know at least a couple of the, the first season for sure and the, maybe the first and second, uh, but anyway because the, the, the movies that are prophetic out there I used to think it was like oh yeah you know that's lesser magic and all that but you always start out when you first start out these kinds of things when you first start to look at these things now a lot of people get stuck in a rut I understand that you know every everybody has different intellectual capacities everybody has different spiritual capacities you know people have different levels of um what you know critical thinking skills you know it's it's you know and so that that just kind of comes with life you know it's part of life and that's why we're all part of the body of christ that's why jesus kind of warns us you know be careful how you hear you know in luke 18 be careful how you hear um, uh, I believe it's Luke 18 here. Let me go ahead and double check that in case somebody wants to look it up. Compose email. I got it in my, oh, come on, man. Oh, heck, I'm just going to, okay, there it comes. Yeah, it's uh, Luke, I'm sorry, it's Luke 8, 17 to 18. No wonder I get it messed up. But be careful, you know, take heed how you hear. Okay, we got to watch out how we hear because we, you know, because, you know, there's more information. God wants to give us more information. And if we think that we've arrived, well, you're not going to receive it. 
All right, so that's just kind of how it goes. And so I'm always kind of, you know, as you as you can tell when you listen to the program now, back in 2011, 2012, 2013, I was much more like, you know, hey, I believe that this is going to happen and it's going to happen and blah, 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 you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'd give you all the facts and the figures and I'd read you down, you know, tables. I would keep tables of uh, prophetic information and I'd just rattle one right after the other, after the other, after the other. Well, you know, after 2016, it was like I had so much pie in my face. I, you know, let me tell you something. I mean, it was like, you know, I gained a lot of weight from the pie that was on my face. I mean, you know, so anyway, more than the pandemic 30, by the way. But anyway, so, that you know, I, so over time, the Lord kind of smacked me around, hit me on the head with the frying pan, whatever you want to call it, made me eat a lot of crow. And I, you know, now I'm kind of like, okay, this does kind of look like the end of the world, but having learned our lesson and trying as hard as we can not to repeat the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, e.g. being insane, which is what the vast majority of Christianity actually kind of like is, <laughs> okay, which is cool. It's no problem. We, the Bible says we are a peculiar people, so if you were to look up synonyms for the word peculiar – probably isn't terribly unlikely that you might you might even dig if you dig deep enough in the synonyms you may be able to find the word insane uh probably mentally unstable whatever the case is but anyway um so you know we have to be we have to have a little bit of that baked into us you know to have the faith you know blessed is he who believes and has not seen amen praise god thank you jesus for that that was just awesome uh thank you thomas for being doubtful because that teaches us a wonderful lesson and we need to live and uh well maybe even die by that where i'm seeing a lot of prophecies coming out now remember i skim them it doesn't mean that i embrace the entire word that i'm seeing i still see stuff okay but um but i skim them and i'm seeing a trend right now leaning heavily toward this this idea that a lot of us are going to die like me, you know, maybe me, maybe I'll die, maybe you'll die, maybe you and your kids will die, maybe your whole family will die. See, to us, though, since the grave has no, you know, grip on us, that's life. So that that's a really great news. That's like super duper, incredibly great news. Okay, so these, you know, assortments of prophecies out there that are kind of like flying past my desk kind of thing are saying things like, you know, hey, a lot of you guys are going to die. And I'm like totally cool with that. I'm like raising my hand, you know. Do I need to go up and paint the Abrams A1 3D tank on the top of my roof right now? What do I got to do? What do I got to do? You know, um, uh, do I need to put a you know a red laser beam on the front door of my house so the Tomahawk missile can find it? I don't know. I mean, just tell me what to do. I just don't want to break any rules. I don't want to get in trouble. And if I, you know, of course, all of us would like to be beamed up, right? We would like to have Scotty pull the USS Enterprise over planet Earth and say, okay, it's time for the rapture. Everybody come and beam up right now and we're like wow this is really cool it's a, a ship with two wings of a great eagle taking us away to a place of safety where we will be fed for times times and half the time glory be to jesus you know and and of course that's you know that that you know because you know you don't want to think of yourself you know being under like you know uh you know standing beside a giant building and it's kind of, and all the 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 bricks and cinder blocks and everything come tumbling down on your head and you're like ow 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 that hurt ouch ow. hey hey oh, look out you know duck ow ow you know we don't want to go like that you know right so of course we want to have the enterprise kind of fly overhead and you know and take us away praise jesus as a matter of fact myself and sister nancy we were talking about you know a strategy because the whole astronaut farmer thing hasn't been working out real well 
we've tried everything. We, you know, we just short of doing like, you know, crowdfunding kind of thing, uh, you know, because I think people would have some doubts as to our the the uh, the likelihood of our success. But we were talking about, you know, building a spaceship, whatever the case is, you know, to get out of here, you know, maybe a little bit early. We can fly the planet heaven. Everything would be cool. We'll get it, at least get away from this alien demon infested rock. But, of course, then at the same time, we keep thinking, you know, if we took an astronaut farmer size spaceship, that would be a problem because we'd have to leave the vast majority of the listeners of the radio show behind. So we need something bigger, right? So anyway, so we were kind of brainstorming over, and I, I said to her something about, you know, well, maybe we can talk Elon Musk and helping us out and that kind of thing. And she's like, no, 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 no. He's still d- dabbling with those, you know, rocket propulsion kind of small systems that, you know, and only a couple of people can ride in and that kind of thing. And I was like, you know, you got a good point there. And then uh, we started talking about, well, wait a minute. What about some of those big, gigantic, 26-mile-wide uh, motherships that kind of get seen pretty frequently, you know, uh, at the Navajo reservations up in Montana and things like that in, 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 in the bluffs and stuff. Uh, and I was like, you know what, if we could, you know, commandeer one of those big bad boys and get all the fallen angels off of that thing somehow, you know, in the name of Jesus, we rebuke you and cast you out of the ship. And they're all just like falling. I would love to see a bunch of grays just falling from the ship into the ground, you know, splattering all over the place. That's, you know, because they're disgusting creatures from the bowels of hell. But anyway, um, uh, I, so we were kind of hashing that through, and I, I, I kind of texted Sister Elena because she's had some, you know, kind of like one-on-one adventures with such things. And uh, she, she seemed to think that there was some viability in that. We might actually be able to, you know, get, I don't know. I mean, we, we haven't worked out the tactical details yet, but at least that way we would have a ship that was capable of faster than light speeds, probably could enter a wormhole, get there a, a lot faster, and have a, a plenty of uh, probably really comfortable quarters for everybody to you know join us uh, that listen to the program. Yeah, so we didn't have to leave anybody you know behind. Dun dun dun. We don't want to do that. But anyway, back on track. So um, so who knows? You know, is the Cascadia subduction zone next up? In the midst of all of this other stuff, could be, we don't know. There's so much weird stuff going on right now, it's hard to get your arms around it. What I'm concerned about more than anything is the stuff that's going on that we're missing because of all the hubbub, you know, that's going on over, you know, with the whole Ukraine thing. But, you know, for example, just a, just a couple, couple of notes that I took just before the show started. Mainstream media right now is reporting that Russia is backing down and the U- Ukraine army is advancing. That's fascinating because I also monitor insiders that are uh, either either heavily connected with people who live in the Ukraine, who live in Maripol and various, you know, Odessa, places like that. Uh, and they're saying, no, <laughs> nothing of the sort. Russia is moving, and they're moving strong, and they're moving fast. I've also noticed that in my uh, uh, Telegram uh, monitoring of the insider reports along with videos, along with videos, so you can actually see the evidence yourself, um, in my monitoring of that, the maps that they're showing uh, from the insiders inside the Ukraine are – Way, way redder. Okay, the red areas on the maps of the Ukraine are the areas that Russia controls. But then when you turn around and you look at the same thing on Fox or CNN, it's like the red area is like like one-tenth. Okay, so they're implying that Russia doesn't control hardly any of it. 
I tend to believe the people that are there, okay? And every time I see somebody from Fox or CNN there on site, it's some contrived, faked, wag-the-dog movie set where somebody's moving around inside of a body bag to while they're trying to tell you that everybody's you know dropping dead. So anyway, I don't. I I think most of us would agree, if, you know, you know that you can't trust anybody. Amen. But if you were going to give a degree of trust, the degree of trust winner would have to be anyone except the mainstream media, of course, because they they are just consummate, endless, flaming liars from the bowels of hell. A Gehenna, as a matter of fact, the lake of fire. All right, but anyway, um, so it is very troubling. I but and but you know what? At the end of the day, I don't know where it's going to end up. None of us do, uh, you know. And they are. This is very important to note. The forces of darkness, the global, uh, uh, the global, uh, you know, um, uh, satanic crime syndicate. They are con- they are upping the ante. I mean, they're increasing the intensity of their warnings of an attack coming against the United States of Babylon the Great directly from Russia in retaliation for the sanctions. Now that is so. Contrary to Russian behavior historically, over hundreds and hundreds, of, you know, if you know anything about the history and everything, that is just like not their thing. <laughs> okay, they're more like leave us alone kind of thing. Okay, that's that's their mantra. We are the aggressors. We, the United States, is the hegemon hegemon hegemony. We're the ones who want to take over the world. We're the ones that you know John Perkins wrote his book uh, Confessions of an Economic Hitman about. Okay, we're the ones who topple you know other countries and install and, and you know all that kind of stuff. So you know that that's goes without saying all right as a matter of fact there's this really funny cartoon where they got this two, two guys sitting on chairs with their backs fa- facing one another so their backs are facing one another they're looking in opposite directions okay and on and the, the guy on the left is like the ukraine okay it actually has a little sign that says ukraine and the guy on the right who's looking in the opposite direction is russia Okay, so it has a little sign that says Russia on it. Russia's on the right, Ukraine's on the left. And they're not paying each other any attention. They're both looking opposite directions. And then someone sneaks the door open. They don't see the door opening. And they reach in their hand, you know, uh, toward the two, you know, guys sitting on the chairs looking in opposite directions. And the sign that's on this individual says NATO. And then. This like clandestine secret hand slides in between the doors and smacks really hard, smack, 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 the heads of the Ukraine and Russia, and then and then and then they sneak back out the door really fast, and 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 then the two chairs turn toward each other, Russia and Ukraine, and they start smacking the heck out of one another. It is the most funniest. It's just absolutely it's funny. Praise God. So anyway, so. In concert with all this weirdness and diversity and uh, uh, lack of synergy, opposites in reporting, somebody's telling big fat lies, somebody's probably telling much smaller lies. There's always disinformation during any kind of war campaign, any kind of police action. That's normal. All right. Um, But right now, Jesse Waters on uh, Fox who I hold, I hold Fox and CNN at the lowest possible regard. If I step in Labrador and I scrape my feet, whatever's underneath the Labrador is where I hold Fox and CNN right now in regard. In okay, so let's leave it at that. It's nothing personal against Jesse Walters. 
All right. But anyway, he's currently reporting because that's what his script is telling him to report. He says that uh, Russia has their, quote, get this, tail between their legs. Okay. Like, I don't have, like, canned laughter, (laughs) okay, queued up on the soundboard. But if I did have canned laughter, I would have to be playing that sound effect right now. All right. Now, that's one thing. Next thing is Erin Burnett. They let her come back home, so evidently she didn't make anybody that mad. And um, uh, anyway, she's reporting that uh, over 40,000 Russian soldiers have been killed. All I can say is to both of these claims is Enough is enough. But anyway, so we'll have to wait and see what's going to go, what's happening. I mean, you just believe me. If you're getting – and oh, I can tell you something else too, folks. Because I've been doing this for so long and I you know, have a memory that makes elephant memories look you know, woefully inadequate, I don't know why. Maybe it's a gift from God. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's a coincidence. Uh, but um, I can tell you from the trending of doing so many shows over so many years of time and using such a diverse uh, group of media outlets such as Al Jazeera, Haaretz, uh, Jerusalem Post, uh, you know, the Korean, uh, South Korean newspapers, uh, you know, uh, multiple uh, Russian sources, of course, um, some, you know, all over the world, all over the world. And, um, and, um, Anyway, so when when uh, one of the things that I'm seeing is that whole you're either for us or you're against us dynamic is happening, you know, with the mainstream and uh, Babylon the Great, the great hegemonic, is that a proper word? Is that a word? Hegemonic? Hegemonic? Whatever. This country acts like Babylon. I mean, why wouldn't it act like Babylon? It is Babylon the Great. It would act exactly like Babylon. We would go about and conquer everything that we could find. We would be like those Bacchiae that would run through the fields and eat and kill and slaughter anything that had blood in it and then eat the blood. And that's essentially what we do, but all in the name of democracy. So come and give me a big democratic hug as we go ahead and force LGBT, LMNOP down your throat and killing babies 26 months after they've been born. But that's okay. Don't pay attention to me. Pay attention to what's going on over in in, in Europe right now. Right now. All right. <sighs> if anybody out there that was a Christian, especially part of you know evangelical Christianity, it was well known that had any idea how God feels and how He treats and how He uh, levies judgment upon kings and nations that behave like this one does, they would be curled up in a corner, uh, you know, chewing their fingernails right now, waiting for a lightning bolt to come down and wipe out half the country. But they're out there going just like they always do, like Gomer Pyle. <laughs> come on, join us. You know, let's go ahead and say bad things about, you know, come on, join our, you know, let's fly some flags and, you know, whatever. I'm like, whatever. I can't, it's very hard to digest. I don't want to, I don't even want to digest it. To me, that's like, well, it's like Labrador. We'll just leave it at that. Right, kids? We don't want Labrador. We don't want Labrador anywhere. Hey, we like Labrador retrievers. We just don't want the Labrador coming near us, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Right, right. I had a feeling. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So, kids, what do you call a boomerang that won't come back? What do you call a boomerang that won't come back to you? A stick. 
<laughs> Boomerang. A stick. Come on, dude. Yeah. Now, our Labrador Retriever friends, they like the stick. Therefore, in that case, that would be an exception to the rule. And the stick would come back. <laughs> right, kids? The stick would come back as we have a Labrador. All right. All right, kids. How does a cucumber become a pickle? How does a cucumber become a pickle? It goes through a jarring experience. Jarring, I say. That's how it becomes a pickle. <laughs> Kids, it's jarring. It's scary. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh, kids. Kids, what did the banana say to the dog? Kids, come on now. Work with me. Hey, 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 Spanky, sit down. You're right. Don't be giving away nothing. Don't be giving nothing away, Holmes. Okay, here we go. Right back to the joke. What did the banana say to the dog? Nothing. Bananas don't talk. <laughs> what do you think of that, kids? That's pretty cool. Yeah, I told you. I told you. I told you. I told you. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, on that note, since we're having so much fun with all the misinformation and incredible lies and remembering, of course, that the book of Revelation makes it very clear that all liars will be cast into the lake of fire. That is one list I don't ever want to be on. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Anyway, on that note, let's go ahead and head into the news. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And a shout out to Justin. Thank you for your feedback on the uh, <laughs> the Ontario. It's, it's, it's Ontario, man. They're all out there going, hey, we got to get feedback on the sound quality for the radio show for Johnny here. So this is Ontario. Uh, all right. Thank you. Thank you, all you from Ontario. Thank you. Praise God for every single one of you. I hope every single one of you make it. On to the 26-mile-wide mothership that we're going to use to make it to planet heaven long before all this weirdness gets weirder. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Um, uh, send check or money order to Johnny Baptist at the Golden J.I. I'm kidding. Whatever. All right, praise God. Uh, okay, so um, uh, thank you very much for that feedback, everybody, uh, on the sound quality. I'm glad that it seems to be working. I don't know. Um, I'm trying things and you know and, and historically in the past when we had these kinds of problems with ALCs you know fighting one another and breaking up and all that breaking up is so hard to do what who, who, who did that song I don't know breaking up is hard to do that was the Bee Gees wasn't it was that the Bee Gees am I showing am I earning my brownie points for turning 60 or what was was breaking up is hard to do the Bee Gees okay I gotta look this up I gotta see okay let's just okay breaking up is hard no no wait a minute hold on a second maybe I'm like terribly terribly wrong here to do Bee Gees let me see if it comes up and validates it. Breaking up is hard to do. Um, Let's see here. I'm not getting it. I'm not getting a confirmation on that. Yeah, no, looks like I was wrong. Doggone it, I get the buzzer. 
It was Neil Sedaka, I guess. I don't know. You remember Neil Sedaka? I don't know. Cap- Captain, and so, some other people did it as well. I'm getting input from, from some of the listeners that, you know, uh, you know, like Captain and Tanya, but I think it's Captain and Tennille, right? I don't know. I don't know Captain and Tanya. I know Captain and Tennille, and I know enough to stay away from their music. Thank you very much. If I want to keep any sanity at all, which I don't have much of. Just ask anybody, especially the kids. Right, kids? <laughs> All right. Uh, anybody who's going to sing, you know, and, and you know what's really mind-blowing is the one song that I dislike most passionately from the Captain and Tennille is Muskrat Love, you know, because it's just too creepy and weird and, all, and Chimera-like. But then, then, this really awesome band from, like, you know, a handful of years earlier – I come to discover was like one of the first ones to actually do that song. And the Captain, Captain and Tennille rendition of Muskrat Love was actually a redo of, let's see, can anybody, come on, let's see, let's see, raise a hands. Is there anybody on email? jbaptist777 at gmail.com. Anybody know who the first band was out there? For those of you who are part of the Baby Boomers 1 or the Baby Boomers 2, who was the first band out there to do Muskrat Love? And this is very disheartening, folks, because this is a band, this is a you know rock band from the 70s or whatever, the 60s slash 70s, that actually did a lot of really, really stellar, outstanding, great music. And then you find out that they do Muskrat Love, and you're like, you know, you're just like, your head hangs down low, you're, you're kind of like, oh no, I can't be seen with any of their albums. Okay, I, I, don't, I don't have any input from the listening audience, so um, uh, hold on a second. Um, okay, right, so still no input on that one, and the answer to that one is America. The, um, you know, uh, Ventura Highway and uh, Sister Golden Hair Delight and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so anyway, um, turns out that the band America actually did, a, I believe, one of the first, if not the first rendition of Muskrat Love. Of course, now I have to burn all my America albums. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And, of course, there's Christians out there that would rebuke me and say, those are of the devil. You're, 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 you know, this is of the devil, and that's of the devil, and this is of the devil, and that's of the devil, and you've got to burn this, and you've got to burn that. And you see that book in your library, that book, that, you know, and that's of the devil, and devil, 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 Because the problem is when we first start to wake up to stuff, everything is of the devil. And you go to somebody who's in that phase, which, by the way, sometimes that phase lasts forever for them, does them part. And don't even bother to show them Titus 115. To the pure, all things are pure. How do you explain that? Well, I can tell you. Because all things are God's will. Therefore, thus, they are pure. Because of why? Because the net end result of that which we see that is dark is Pure, because it is God's will that that darkness occurs for the purpose, which is a good purpose, a holy purpose, to bring more people into the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That is the secret to Titus 1.15, to the pure, all things are pure. But most people will never figure that out. And that's all right. That's okay, you know, and we definitely don't want to divide against it. We don't want to get into fights, you know, and, and you know, ah, you, you don't know what you're talking about, this, that, and the other thing. You know, no, no, God does not like that. Proverbs 6, 16, 17, 18, et cetera, you know, causing division amongst the brethren is an abomination to God. Avoid like the plague. 
plague. Excuse me. Praise God. All right. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So let's go ahead and head uh, into the news before we run out of time before, uh, uh, prior to now, why do I get the hiccups right now? What's up with that noise? I dislike that. There's nothing worse than being on a hiccup or being on a live show with the hiccups, especially talking like 5,000 miles an hour and everything. And then, you know, and you got to like proactively control, you know, Labrador from happening. All right. Next thing you know, or next one up. Okay. Headlines. First one up, praise Jesus. Here we go. All right. Top global top global agency calls for lockdowns to curb oil use. <laughs> Um, and that's being, uh, you know, shoved out there into the internetosphere by WorldNet Daily. But um, I've done some looking into it, and yes, indeed, that is happening as we speak. So not only do we have the B.26 variant of COVID now released, and Fauci hemming and hoeing about whether or not he's going to put his head in the gallows and take the punishment that he should take, which is that of the Nazis at the Nuremberg trials. But, okay, uh, he, he's hemming and hawing and, and making comments like, watch out, everybody. You might have to put masks on. There might be more lockdowns coming. And I'm like, you know, why don't you just shut your <laughs> Labrador mouth? Hallelujah. Right, kids? Tell him to shut his mouth. As a matter of fact, the one thing that I really, truly wish that would happen to Fauci, especially because I know he's not human, is that I could take like a giant box of masks and just keep on shoving them more and more and more of them into his mouth until whatever. All right. Praise God. Until his eyes turn into like reptilian eyes and into the real Fauci. May the real Fauci stand up. Whatever. Okay. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Next one up. All right. United Kingdom weather, the hottest day of the year so far as temperatures hit 20 degrees Celsius. Alexa, what is 20 degrees Celsius in Fahrenheit? Let's see what she says. 68 degrees Fahrenheit. That's wimpy. What are you talking about? This is a terrible news report. This is what I have to say about your 20 degrees Celsius for crying out loud. How did that sneak in here? It looked great, but it was bad. Bad headline. All right, next one up. Hallelujah. Let's move. All right, former Border Patrol chief says, chaos at the border is putting cartels, you know, like Mexican drug cartels and all that kind of stuff, in control, leading to more human trafficking. Well, I, you know, the guy that smells little girls' hairs and whose pupils turn into that of a viper, uh, gee whiz, uh, what a surprise that is. Not if you know, you know, it's like, oh my gosh. Uh, anyway, praise God, thank you, Jesus, Hallelujah. Next headline up. New York Times trucker protest moved by more than opposition to COVID mandates. So if you, if you read this whole article about the trucker protest, and I don't even know where they are with it all, it really hasn't gotten any coverage, which is exactly what the forces of darkness, the satanic global uh, crime syndicate would want. That's what they would want. They would want absolutely zero TV time, absolutely zero mainstream media reporting. They would want nobody to even realize that the truckers were making a protest in the first place. And guess what they got? 
exactly what they wanted. But this particular report from the New York Times, which, of course, is one of the most, you know, again, all liars will be thrown into the lake of fire. (laughs) Okay, I don't know. Should we like. No, never mind. I'm not even going to bring that up. That would be bad. All right. Naughty, naughty me for even thinking of it. All right. Next one up. Uh, where's Captain Antonio? Muskrat, muskrat, blah, blah, blah. Somebody turn the channel for crying out loud. All right. Next one up. Nicaraguan lawmakers call for international investigation of United States biological labs in the Ukraine. All right. Let's have a show of hands. How many people out there think that you know, the World Economic Forum and all the global shape-shifting leaders of the world are going to drop everything and do a deep-dive investigation into United States biological labs in the Ukraine, just like they did with the COVID, the, the origins of COVID. Anybody out there that thinks anything? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Okay, okay, this is very interesting. We got a call coming in on the red phone, but this is line two. Nothing happens. Nobody goes to jail. Nobody pays for a thing anymore. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Mr. Beck, for calling into the program. You're going to make us famous. Uh, Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Next one up. Saudi Arabia considers accepting yuan for Chinese oil sales instead of dollars. So, again, if they pull this off, which, again, you know, we're going to have to keep our eyes on it, I suspect that it's highly likely that they will. Okay, there's way too much gazillions of dollars to be left on the table, and there are an awful lot of uh, uh, countries out there that just don't want anything to do with the West anymore because they, they know that, you know, dirty liars, pants on fire, pants on fire. They don't want anything to do with it, which is why that prophecy from that little kid out of Russia might actually come true and Moldova and Latvia will just voluntarily leave NATO and go join the Russian Federation. So we'll have to wait and see if that comes true. We don't know. We also have the Vilna Gayon uh, prophetic word um, that uh, you know from a long time ago that that suggests that uh, you know you know that the uh, uh, you know the what do you call them the um, Kabbalistic Jews will have to don their Sabbath clothes and prepare for the Antichrist to arrive. Of course, they call him the Messiah, the Messiah. But um, uh, in, in you know, it's really the Antichrist to them. And um, you know, when uh, Russia enters into Istanbul, Turkey, and if you look at the map and you see how Russia would like to have a large country between them and anything NATO, sort of like the Ukraine. Okay, all right, then guess what? It makes sense because Turkey would be another one that they would want to have control of. Okay, so anyway, who knows? We'll just have to wait and see. Uh, is it going to be any time this year, next year, the year after, 2024, 2026? Do we know? Do we have any idea? It could be soon. Hmm. My favorite word, soon. Next one up. Allegedly, uh, alleged Russian intelligence says that Xi, you know, the had big cheese in China, planned the Taiwan invasion for the fall. So it was already in plan. Uh, we did touch upon this on the last program briefly. Uh, and again, merits restating. And um, and uh, many of us, many of us do believe that it is highly likely, unhindered, unhindered. Because Obama wants, Obama wants all this to happen. It has nothing to do with Biden. It has to do with Obama. And he wants the United States to topple. So, of course, he's going to hand Taiwan over to the Chinese with no problem at all. Oh, of course, we'll shake our fist and we'll say, we're going to put sanctions on you. And they're going to be like, 
Oh, anyway, and we're all going to say, and like the vast majority, 99.89 or 99.999 vinculum percent of the United States public will sit there with their Budweiser's and they will look at the screen, a TV screen, and go, oh, no, uh, you know, China's taking over Taiwan. Oh, this is just terrible. It's going to start World War III, uh, you know, and, and, blah, 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 and, we, and we need to, you know, give them sanction. <laughs> uh, Hannibal Lecter, where are you? Because I still have a little bit of gray matter stuck in my head. Oh, my goodness, the congestion of it all. Next one up. Russia promises more disclosures on the Ukraine biolabs. Now, is anybody going to listen? Is anybody going to listen? Let's hear a round of applause for Jesus, a praise offering for anybody who thinks this is going to matter. Ready, get set, go. Okay, hold on. Ready, get set, go. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, hold on a second. Hold on. Ready, get set, go. No, never mind. Okay, next headline. All right, Russia to expel United States diplomats for a tit-for-tat move. Oh, boy, that's a surprise. I'm going to kick out your embassy officials. We're going to kick out your embassy officials. I'm going to poke you in an eye with an ice pick. I'm going to poke you in a, you know, rip out your spleen with a ring, you know, with a shrimp fork. It's like, it's like watching a really crummy late night, three o'clock in the morning episode of like, you know, um, <laughs> Curly, Larry, Curly, and Mo, <laughs> Stooges, and and where is Sam? Where is you know where is Sam Malone when you need him to give you a rundown on the Three Stooges? You know, and the latest stuff that's going on in that. You know, I don't know. And most people probably have no idea what I'm talking about. And those of you who do are probably smiling, right, kids? Because you know what? The kids, in order to be part of the kids group here on the radio show, have to watch a little bit of tears once a week. It's part of the requirements. Okay, praise God. Next one up. Zelensky, 100,000, stuck in besieged city with no food, no water, and no medicine. Let me tell you why, folks. <laughs> if there are anybody, if there's anybody in the Ukraine that is stuck in a besieged city, it's because the Nazis are shooting them in the back when they're trying to leave. Russia opens up a humanitarian corridor, corridor just like they did in Mariupol, and then the the, the, the Nazis in the Ukrainian uh, army start blowing up entire apartment buildings and blaming it on Russia. That's, this has been the whole way the thing has been working since the very beginning. And then, of course, you have the Jesse Waters of the world, the Hannity's of the world. I mean, who would have thought Hannity would go to Belize and push everybody out of his way and grab the biggest pitcher of Kool-Aid he could find? I have lost all respect for him. I still have a little bit for uh, for Tucker Carlson. God bless him. All right. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Next one up. Here we go. Poland to expel 45 Russian diplomats. Oh, oh, by the way, <laughs> this is too funny. Now, just for fun. This is the report from a trustworthy news source, or I don't want to say trustworthy because none of them are trustworthy, but I will say this, more trustworthy. Okay, so these guys at least still have a couple of credibility dollars left in the bank. And the headline reads, Poland to expel 45 Russian diplomats. Now, let's jump quickly over to a news source that has lost 100% of its credibility. They are completely bankrupt. They have, uh, you know, kind of like the United States of Babylon the Great, you know what I'm saying? Waiting for the third seal to occur. This is Al Jazeera out of Qatar. They've lost, they're completely under the control grid. They are, you know, Klaus Schwab is like, I will have your head on a plate.
you do not do exactly as I tell you to do. <laughs> they are. So listen to the headline. So first, reasonably reasonably believable, Poland to expel 45 Russian diplomats. Then we jump over to Al Jazeera, who is, you know, trying to push Hannity down for the Kool-Aid pitcher. <laughs> and right here it is. Poland to Poland expels, listen to this, 45 Russian spies pretending to be diplomats. <sighs> oh, man. Why are we still trapped on this alien demon-infested rock? Okay, just remember, if you want to join us for our adventure into the um, into the 26-mile-wide spaceship on the Navajo Reservation at one of the bluffs, if you want to join us, just email me at jbaptist777 at gmail.com. We'll get your name on the list, and then uh, we will uh, get Sister Elena to tally-ho, and away she goes. She's going to be the darn dagnabbit the torpedoes person because uh, she, she's got all the insider information and knows how to you know handle such things, and then maybe we can get out of here. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Hallelujah. All right, Ukrainian cyber ISIS will backfire on the West, says Russia. Cyber ISIS. <laughs> okay. So because basically Russia's saying, hey, I, I have no opinion. I'm just telling you what folks are saying. All right. I mean, I do have a little bit of an opinion for obvious reasons because I know people in the Ukraine. I know, you know, so thank you, Jesus, for that. But I'm just saying, Russia's saying nothing of the sort. We would never do the cyber attack thing. That's what you would do. And you know what? Snowden says they're telling the truth. Okay. Then you might be like, well, why do you believe Snowden? Okay. That is a story that will take me at least an hour to explain, but I have an exceedingly great reason, multiple reasons, at least a dozen of them, why I believe Snowden over pretty much any of these other whatever. Okay. Now, anyway, so again, um, Russia's saying we would never do that. I believe them. And so we can expect if Klaus Schwab has his way and there is a summer attack against the control grid of all electricity across the Babylon Great, that will make pandemic look like a little girl playing with a teacup. <clears throat> anyway, it'll be us. <laughs> It'll be just like 9-11. 9-11 is an inside job. No, it ain't. Yes, it is. No, it ain't. Yes, it is. No, it ain't. Yes, it is. Building 7. What are you talking about, Building 7? Building 7! What, what about it? It was airplanes. <laughs> yes, jet fuel melts solid steel. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Oh... I don't even get me going on Marvin Bush. Oh, boy. All right, next one up. New York Police Department is sued over the, the existence of a DNA database that contains the genetic profiles of lots of innocent New Yorkers. Anybody surprised about that? <laughs> I won't even do a poll. There's no point in it. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Putin ally warns the United States of nuclear dystopia. Now, what he's really saying is, y'all are getting so wound up and out of control with all of your allegations and lies that you're going to cause everybody to go into a state of, you know, paranoid schizophrenia over a nuclear attack. It ain't never going to happen if you just leave us to our special operation and get out of our face. But he's right. People are. They, they believe everything they hear. 
They believe people are – it's unbelievable. It's just like – can you imagine you know, analogously standing in a large pot of water that's getting hotter and hotter and it's starting to bubble? It's probably right around 200 degrees at this point, and you're standing right in it, and you're surrounded by frogs, and they're just kind of like going – T for two and two for T. They're like doing the backstroke and blowing bubbles and having a good old time. And that's what it kind of like feels like, doesn't it? It's like everywhere you look, it's like, you know. Hey, 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 what was that? Is that a nuclear bomb? No, okay. Hey, honey, wake me up if there's a nuclear bomb. You know, that's what it's like. Oh, well, whatever. All right, next one up, hallelujah. The United States Navy deploys carrier strike group in the Mediterranean to implement a Ukrainian no-fly zone. Just in case um, the shape-shifting reptilian that, re- you know, that, you know, is being, you know, on the end of the marionette strings of Obama, <laughs> the one who, you know, funded all of the biolabs in the Ukraine. Come on, man. Really? I mean, you can't make this stuff up, folks. It is just unbelievable. And the, and the, and the evidence is utterly overwhelming. It's utterly overwhelming. So now there's a carrier task force, a strike group in the med, just in case. Just in case. <laughs> oh. Okay, next one up. Hallelujah. All right, China has fully militarized three South China Sea islands, the United States Indo-Pacific commander says. Oh, no. You mean China is moving in closer to Taiwan and they're militarizing more of the islands, which are really just sandbars, located in the South China Sea? Well, that's just not right. We should, I don't know, give them a sanction or something. (laughs) Okay, next one up. Nearly 90 small earthquakes hit Portugal's Azores Island uh, of uh, Sao George. Sao George, like Sao Paulo, Sao Paulo, S-A-O. I don't know what this stands for. It's got to stand for something. Kind of like Los Angeles, City of the Angels, whatever. Uh, Whatever. I don't know. I don't get all that stuff. I just figured that, you know, if you want to speak Spanish or any dialect of Spanish, which would be like an example would be Portuguese or whatever the case, all you should have to do really – this is my reasoning. I could be a little off. Um, is put the letter O at the end of the word. So if you want to warn them about Obama controlling, you know, Biden in Spanish, you would just say, Obama O is O controlling O Biden O. And now everybody in the Latin American countries, they're all like, hey, I get it, man. You're cool. What an hombre. What a bud. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. 6.7 on the Richter scale. Earthquake, of course, downgraded a couple of, you know, tenths of a point. Uh, in where? Hulian City, Taiwan. Wow. You think that might be the finger of God saying something big is going to happen here? We haven't had an earthquake here in like forever. And now you're going to get a 6.7. We want you to look over here for a second before you look back over to CNN and Aaron Burnett. And, uh, hey, look, Tucker Carlson's on right now. I wonder what he's talking about. You can't raise your hand to, oh, yeah, no, he's talking about stuff that's actually relevant. We can't have that. We can't have that. Somebody block his news report right now. We can't have relevant news. Next one up. 
Charisma News reports, this is a pretty good Christian news reporting agency, they report that, that the, listen to this, this is cool. The, you, you might say, Johnny, come on, this isn't cool, this is terrible. No, this is a lesson in the Holy Bible. And it's a lesson in our future. All right, praise God. All right, and um, <clears throat> so the headline reads from Charisma News, Ukrainian church believes for miracles, healing, and supernatural presence of God amidst the horrors of war. And one of the little snippets out of the article, in, it says, instead of intimidating the Christians in this Ukrainian church, the threat of persecution, injury, and death strengthens and increases their desperate seeking of the Lord God. All I have to say is this. All right, next one up. A good Russian is a dead Russian, according to poster spotted in the United Kingdom. So now, you see, this is, it's, you know what it is? You know, really, I, I got to let Bill Murray talk for me here. Hey, human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Somebody's been guzzling the fluoride again. All right, another report from Charisma News says, Experts say prophetic alarm bells are ringing for the Gog and Magog War. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I see some movement on the other side of the Golden GIB studio here. Hold on a second. I, I don't, oh, wait a minute. Oh, 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 oh. No, no. Get back. Hey, get back. No, it is the Gog and Magog War. They're right. Stop pecking me. Stop. Ow. Hey, knock that off. Get away. What kind of... What's the matter with my dogs, man? Boxers, you know, they're friendly and everything, but boy, when you really need them, they just kind of let you down. They're just like, Dad, you got another treat going on? It's uh, time for another treat. Time for another treat. We're going to give you that laser stare-down treatment until you give us another treat. All right. Praise God. Gog and Magog. Guess what? They get a special sound effect. (laughs) Way to go. (laughs) I don't get to give out that sound effect very very often, but, you know, Charisma News gets it. They get it. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give them a couple of them here. Gog and Magog, Gog and Magog, World War Three. Gog and Magog, World War Three. Gog and Magog, World War Three. Good for you! Finally! Finally, somebody in evangelical Christianity isn't saying that they just met with Jesus yesterday over a cup of tea in heaven, and Trump is going to, you know, vaporize or mysteriously materialize right in the Oval Office, and Biden's going to go, oh, hail the chief, the king, oh, Trump. Yeah, it's like, oh, man. Okay, well, anyway. And, of course, uh, if I had the drum roll, but we'll have to do the uh, Christmas Vacation uh, Chevy Chase drum roll for the Great Lighting Ceremony for the last in, uh, headline of the night. <laughs> Omicron BA.2 COVID variant symptoms explained as, U- as new U.S. wave is possible okay anyway on that fun note let's go ahead and jump over to brother lauren peterson and turn the microphone over to him uh and here we go Hello. 
Brother Lauren, are you there? Hey, I'm here. I'm hiding in my hey, man, take, deep take underground. Hey, man, take a note, man. Oh, yeah. you are. You're you're in the, you're in the missile silo in your backyard that you found. That's right. That's right. Yeah, but don't tell anybody. Cornflakes. <laughs> you, you're doing the, the yep. Jethro the yep. Jethro Clampett corn. It wasn't Jethro, was it? Was it Jethro? Yeah, it was Jethro that ate the gigantic yeah. white bowl, the big, the big white mixer bowl full of cornflakes on every show, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 No? yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, well, anyway, one of these programs you're going to have to do just dedicated to the whole Yu-Gi-Oh thing because I want to add some stuff to it um, associated with that thing that, you know, Brother Larry told me about when I was sitting on the recliner downstairs. And, you know, when you get, you know, John, when you get to heaven, they're going to take you into another room. And, John, they're going to ask you if you want to go on a mission. John, they're going to ask you if you want to go on a mission. And you need to say yes. <laughs> say yes to the mission, John. Don't say no. Say yes. You know, and um, that lines up beautifully with the whole Yu-Gi-Oh thing. So you definitely got to put that on your list, man, okay? <laughs> yes. All right. Don't don't make me come up there with some M80s and toss them down there. I know where that daggone missile silo hideout is you have there, okay? And I, I, I promise yeah, just, I won't mess with your cornflakes, though. I promise. Just, I'll follow, the, just follow the long line of semi-trucks filled with cornflakes. Yeah, and, and, and the uh, – right, right, right. And the uh, chickens, you know, like uh, E.T., you know, following them like, uh, you know, peanut M&Ms or whatever those things were. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like, hey, look, there's a bunch of chickens. I wonder where they're going. Hey, wait, it's Peterson's Missile Silo. You know? <laughs> yeah. There it is yeah. under that clump of grass. That's right. <laughs> yep. Uh, too funny. Yeah. <laughs> That one clump of grass. <laughs> Don't let it fool yeah, you, the, folks. The only that one clump, clump of grass. Yeah, the only. That's you know we're That's That's how you know we're the. This is how clever clever Peterson is. Okay, you're gonna love this. That's right. Okay, so how, yeah. this is how you know where the entrance is to his secret bunker. Okay, you go into his backyard, and you'll see all this dirt. But then there'll be this circular clump of grass. That's where the entry point is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, there you go. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I gave up your yeah. secret. Too bad. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I gave up my secret. <laughs> Are we there yet? No, we're not. Are we there yet? Here we here we sit. I can say, I can sing the song. I think without breaking any um without breaking any um rules or laws. Oh. It's the end of the world as we know it. <laughs> Right? Same as it ever was. Same as it All ever right. was. Okay. <laughs> right? Yeah. I know. I know. I'll spare right. you that band is drunk. <laughs> oh. yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah. yeah, just as a side note, since you brought it up about Yu-Gi-Oh! Is, uh, <clears throat> I won't deep dive in it on this, on this show, maybe next one or so. But um, it, it's uh, the Bible verse that you re- referenced earlier is that um, you know, like so many Christians would say, "Oh, that's of the devil," you know, and so they, you know, pick your topic and it's of the devil, and so they throw the baby out with the bathwater, and uh, so they're they're not surety in their faith or nor maturity in knowing God's word. They're threatened by every little thing, you know. Oh, that's of the devil. That's of the devil. It's like, well, what isn't of the devil anymore? You know, <laughs> it's everything's of the devil. 
so you got to get beyond that. And, uh, yeah, there are some things that are the devil. We see that every day in, uh, you know, like <laughs> main mainstream news, you know, a lot of stuff that's of the devil going on. Um, <clears throat> but even the devil, i.e. Satan, i.e. Lucifer, in his fallen state, he's very pragmatic, <laughs> you know, um, Kind of like that borderline of genius and slash insanity, okay? But he's extremely pragmatic. As much as he hates God and hates God's people and hates God's laws, but it's specifically God's laws, you see, um, he yet realizes that if he were to do away with all of God's laws within himself and within the fallen this one fallen one-third realm that we're all in would result in absolute chaos and anarchy, absolute, where he would not have any reign whatsoever. He would lose all control, all reign, all power. <laughs> he would no longer be the high priest of the nine-stone covenant, now the fallen high priest of the nine-stone covenant of the nine angelic orders. He would no longer have all that. In fact, he would be total chaos and confusion and anarchy within himself. He would no longer have a cohesive uh, self-determination of who he is or who he still is or who he still thinks he is, you know, and what he accomplished. He'd be totally, totally messed up and lose all control. So he recognizes the validity of God's laws, even in this fallen realm, even that he must abide by them to achieve his end goals, his objectives. And so we can see that if he were to just appear uh, as he really is to the world, uh, Christians, the church, etc., you know, most people... If they are of sound mind, whether Christian or not, of a sound mind can add one plus one equals two, you know, just elementary common sense would reject Lucifer slash Satan slash the devil and all their minions if they came out and portrayed themselves as who they really are. Nobody in their right mind would want to sign on that that deal, on that agreement. So... <clears throat> They come as angels of light to deceive even the very elect, if possible, to deceive. How do they deceive? Not by coming straight out and showing everybody exactly who they are and what their agenda is, but by sleight of hands, by a little bit of leaven here, a little bit of leaven there, never fully disclosing, you know, like Klaus Schwab. You know, he's kind of one of these characters who's getting more and more obvious of who he's aligned with. You know, if you haven't figured that out already, just study him a little bit more. Um, it'll become self-evident on who he's aligned with. But, um, you know, a lot of these minions of Lucifer portray themselves as benefactors of mankind. You know, they've got all these billions and billions and billions of dollars to shovel out to all these um, humanistic programs and feeding the hungry and clothing the naked and building homes for the homeless, you know, while at the same time they're funding billions and billions and billions of dollars into bioweapons that kill all the people that they're helping, <laughs> supposedly help, trying to help out. 
Okay, so they work out of both sides of their mouth. Deal, you know. But um, so we have to identify. We have to come to the to a level of maturity where we can rightly divide the true from the false of what they're presenting. So Satan himself, Lucifer himself, knows he has to abide by certain of God's laws to even do what he does in this fallen realm. And uh, to have any hope of succeeding in his end game of overthrowing God and God's unfallen two-thirds, God's kingdom, God's even very throne room, okay, um, that he's going to utilize God's laws to that objective. And uh, once he achieves that objective, then he'll decide what laws of God still apply and what don't. Um <clears throat> But when he initially, him and his uh, group initially rebelled, uh, the angel wars, Lucifer and rebelling angel wars. Um, see, God, when God created Lucifer as the first created being of all subsequent created beings, <clears throat> uh, there were certain realities that existed prior to the creation of Lucifer. So there's certain realities of laws of original, not laws of physics and mathematics within this fallen realm, but within the original unfallen creation, the unfallen realm, even realities that pre-existed Genesis 1-1. If you think, you know, we don't really know what those realities might be or might have been, um, might still be because the Bible, you know, maybe it does and have a little hint, little hint there, here and there of what those realities might have been before Genesis 1-1. But the idea that God and the Godhead just sit around, sat around in a vacuum, a vacuum of space, vacuum of darkness for eons of time, decided, hey, you know, it might be a good idea. It's kind of getting boring, you know, everybody, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's kind of getting boring it's just sitting around, you know, in this vacuum and this darkness. Uh, wouldn't it be a good idea to create something? You know, let's create something. You know, add a little excitement, spice to life here. So uh, then we have Genesis 1-1. Do you think that's what it was? Or all the angels, God creates then all the angels, but they're sitting around in darkness. So by day one, finally God turns on the big cosmic light bulb and everybody, hooray, we can see each other. Finally, we can see all of creation and see each other. And it's nice to see things, you know, instead of being in the dark. Do you think that's how God originally did things? That he created living beings, but kept them in the dark? Okay. When the Bible says in the New Testament that God is light and in him is no darkness at all and if like produces like then could god have originally created darkness out of himself if there's no darkness in him okay so it becomes a paradox doesn't it where does the darkness come from in genesis 1 verse 2 and darkness was upon the face of the deep where does that darkness come from it comes from the luciferian rebellion and the angel wars the unintended consequence. So there are certain realities, laws of of existence and physics and mathematics, etc., that pre-existed Genesis 1:1. So God, the Godhead, were not living in a you know eternal vacuum or eternal void prior to 1:1. There was something going on. 
Even science recognizes that there was some kind of universe before our existing universe. And uh, that might be an article I'll read uh, in a future show. It's called The Big Bounce. So we all know about, or most of us would know about the theory, the uh, Big Bang Theory, okay, as the source of creation of all of existence. Uh, but what preceded that, right? Well, so there's always been that question mark. So this uh, scientific guy, Bojo, um, um, I think it's his name, uh, Bojo Wald, that's what, who it is, um, came up with this theory. He was crunching the numbers, and it just some things wouldn't make sense according to the theory of the Big Bang. So further crunching the numbers, further observing things in deep space with improved telescopes and scientific equipment and stuff, and he came up with the theory of the Big Bounce. And it's like, bingo, dude. That's exactly what the Bible's talking about. And so he theorizes that there had to have been some kind of existence prior to our current one. Man, you got it. But <laughs> this is back in, what, 2007 that this article came out. So imagine all the years since then what he and his team, or maybe teams by now, have further elaborated upon, further discovered in regards to the big bounce, fine-tuning the equations, fine-tuning the model. We can only imagine. But the way that the big bounce is portrayed is exactly like a parabola. So if you don't know what a parabola is, just do a search on your search engine, parabola, and uh, you'll find it. You'll find it a beautiful example of a parabola, and that's how they portray the big bounce is in the form of parabola. And then we have a verse in the New Testament that says, uh, uh, something in fact ever increasing in knowledge but never arriving at the truth. And that defines a parabola. If you take an XY axis and a parabola, you know, in any one of those um, axis uh, sectors, you know, one through four, any one of them can can house a parabola. So you, let's say you, de you descend off the top uh, axis line uh, from that line, and you then curve as you're coming in. You're curving over to the the y-axis line. It's it's a little more pronounced, but the parabola, um, you know, the x-y lines go for eternity. There's no beginning, no end to the x-y um, lines. They go on forever, and the parabola goes on forever. But the interesting thing is, the parabola lines that uh, that uh, are aligned with the X and aligned with the Y, the parabola lines go on for eternity also, but they never, ever nor Y lines. They get infinitesimally ever so closer, but they never touch nor combine with the X and Y lines, ever increasing in knowledge, but never arriving at the truth because the truth no matter how close that knowledge gets to the truth it still takes a leap of faith or a step of faith to cross over from the knowledge to the truth faith Any, and no one can approach our heavenly father without faith Because faith, can you imagine our Heavenly Father creating all of creation and uh, you and me and everything around that we see 
through lack of faith? Well, I don't know if this is going to work out. Let's see. Um, hmm. Let's see. I don't know. I just think I'll just speak something in existence, and I don't know if it's going to work or not. But, you know, we'll just give it the good old college try here and just throw something out there and, you know, splatter the spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks, you know. Do you think that's how our Heavenly Father created creation? Now, some people might think that because they look at their own lives and what a chaotic mess their own lives are and what a chaotic mess our world is in. And they think, how could God have created such a chaotic mess? But see, they don't understand that there was another God of high ranking that rebelled and warred and is the responsible person and group for this mess. Okay, so even in God's original creation, it required faith on his part to speak forth his words and that, um, <clears throat> see, my word shall accomplish what I have purposed it to do and it shall not return to me void. It shall accomplish what I have purposed it to do. Does that sound like there's any willy-nilly in that, my word will accomplish what I have purposed it to do. Does that sound like, a, by gosh, by golly, I don't know if it'll work or not? <laughs> you know, uh, let's just throw some spaghetti against the wall, see what sticks. You think that's what that verse is talking about? My word will accomplish what I purposed it to do, and it will not return to me void. Does that sound like our Heavenly Father lacks faith? Or does it sound like our Heavenly Father has the ultimate faith? So if he created all of the original creation out of his ultimate faith, then the original creation also operated in ultimate faith. Can you imagine what our lives would be like if we all operated in ultimate faith? Just like what Jesus was saying when he was here on earth that speaks to the mountain. And it shall be moved. I mean, how many of us, you know, yeah, right, you know, Jesus, that must be figuratively speaking, of course, or symbology or something, because I, you know, we can come up with technology that can move a lot of earth, you know, earth moving equipment and dig deep into the earth, these super monster dump trucks and super monster um Digging machines and everything, I mean, yeah, you know, our technology has gotten pretty awesome in, in some respects, but to actually move Mount Everest into the ocean, okay, just through your faith, you know, I have I have good level of faith mostly, but my level of faith is not at that level where I could speak to Mount Everest and cast it into the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have that level of faith yet. Okay. <clears throat> um, so, but that's that's the kind of faith. Now, if we all were had that level of faith and we we're all mountains into the ocean, it would we'd create our own chaos, wouldn't we? When we operate at that level of faith, that level of capability. Um, Hopefully, we're operating under the laws and within the laws of God, primarily love. So if through love, if we were to cast Mount Everest in the ocean and it destroyed millions of people, would that truly be out of love? Okay, I love you so much, I'm going to destroy millions of you and send, send you off to your eternal rewards, good, bad, or ugly. Uh, no. <clears throat> 
Only God our Father has the right to judge each soul in his balance to determine who's ready, who's not, and who's never going to be ready, you know, twice dead, okay? I don't have that inside knowledge unless it's revealed to me about anybody, let alone myself, okay? So, um, you know, some people are high and mighty, you know, and look down their nose at everybody else. They're always on their, you know, high horse looking down at somebody else and nitpicking their lies. And Jesus would put those kind of people right in their place, say, hey, you're <laughs> take out the speck in your own eye before you, you know, try to take out the log in somebody else's eye kind of thing, you know. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> so Jesus had his way of words of putting people in their place when they got out of place. Um <clears throat> So there was a law of first-time law of unintended consequences when Lucifer and his gang rebelled and fought a war in the heavens, angel wars. And Lucifer, being first created, thought he, you know, knew things. But there was certain realities, physics, mathematics, that preceded his creation that our father never briefed him on, filled him in on the mechanics of those pre-existent realities. So, but our father did fill him in on a lot of things. And so, you know, at some point he gets in the narrative, he gets popped up with pride and thinks he can run the show better than our heavenly father because he's, uh, you know, been there from day one, so to speak, of the creation story. But he wasn't pre-existent. But Jesus was. Jesus, as part of the Godhead, was pre-existent to Genesis 1.1. They pre-existed Genesis 1-1, okay? <clears throat> so, um, but Lucifer was part of the Genesis 1-1 creation. But being first created, he became privy of a lot of things that God created subsequent or following the creation of Lucifer. So, you know, um, <clears throat> how some people... Uh, maybe an employee or something, they, they rise up through the ranks, but they, they uh, there's one who rose up through the ranks before them long ago who's the current owner of the company or the corporation who knows all the levers of power and everything. And here's this young whippersnapper coming up through the ranks thinking he, he can overthrow the old man, you know, and run the show better. Well, some maybe, maybe not. But uh, the way to do it properly is present your argument, present your case before the old man, you know, and uh, to try to um, extract his wisdom on the situation, his pros, his cons. And if he's ruling righteously, if you've got a valid, ar valid argument, he may then agree with you. But if you're trying to overthrow him, you know, he's probably not going to agree with you and cast you out of his corporation, fire you, give you the big pink slip, you know, kind of thing. And that's what happened with Lucifer. Now, there's a number of reasons beyond that. Scripturally, um, in Ezekiel 28, verses 12 through 19, is where we find a very telling uh, account, and I've covered this before, of Lucifer's, what he originally was created as and for, and verse 13 recounts the nine stones he was created with. This is not an external to him. This is created within him. He was the living the living ephod before the throne of God. He was the high priest 
of the nine stone covenant of the nine angelic orders of creation. So this is not some low-ranking position here. He was at the top, first created. Does that sound like he's at the bottom anywhere if you're first created? You know, the rights of the firstborn is, is, belongs to Jesus. But likewise, the rights of the first created belong to Lucifer. Now, which supersedes which? Does the rights of the firstborn supersede the rights of the first created? Or does the rights of the first created supersede the rights of the firstborn? Who is the inheritor and who receives only gifts? Scripture bears this out, but returning back to Ezekiel, in verse 17, it says, Your heart was lifted up. That means lifted up means became prideful because of your beauty. Beauty did Lucifer have. It says in verse 12, you were the seal of perfection. Does that sound like there was any imperfection anywhere within his character, within the way that God had originally created him? and subsequent eons of time of faithfully serving the Father, that he was perfect in all his ways, okay? The seal of perfection. Does it sound like God purposely put a little flaw somewhere in him? The seal of perfection means it's perfect, 100% across the board, every single detail, every single fiber is perfect. There's not a flaw anywhere in his makeup. The seal of perfection, full of wisdom, that's godly wisdom. Not only was he created with godly wisdom, but in the eons of time of faithfully serving the, the Heavenly Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, in the throne room of God, the more time he spent there as the high priest, the more of the Godhead he absorbed into himself and perfectly reflected the Godhead wherever he went. He had become the mere image of of the Godhead, a mere image, but not not an exact image, a mere image. Now that would, in the future, become one of the things that would trip him up, as he wasn't an exact image, but a mere image. And perfect in beauty, verse 12 concludes, perfect in beauty. There was no other creature created or that, that God had created that was beautiful as Lucifer. So, I don't know, you know, pick your GQ10 man or GQ10 woman or above GQ10s and imagine that Lucifer in all his beauty, perfect in beauty, would have blown the GQ <laughs> uh, measurement system out of the water. He was so stunning in beauty. And then verse 13 goes on to describe the nine stones of the nine-stone covenant. And each stone has a significance. I won't go, go into that now, but you can look it up. Um, specifically, you can find each of these nine stones is also included in the 12-stone breastplate of the high priest. And it's uh, detailed in, I believe, Exodus, the book of Exodus, the 12 stones. And so since these nine stones are also included in the 12 stones, you will find these nine stones described in there as well. And inlaid in gold. Gold. I've just recently been reading, reading about uh, Solomon, Solomon and uh, First Kings uh, building the first temple. 
and everything in there inside inside the temple was overlaid with gold. <clears throat> it's just amazing the amount of gold that went into the internals of the uh, the temple. And uh, that's an interesting read in itself. Okay, so all these things were prepared for you. That's Lucifer on the day. Now, do you suppose that's a specific 24-hour day, or is that means on the moment you were created? I would prefer to say on the moment, at the moment you were created. Okay, <clears throat> that he was created with these capabilities, and then ongoing eons of faithful service absorbed and developed even more so to where he is overflowing with godly wisdom, overflowing in perfect beauty, and overflowing the seal of perfection. You are the anointed cherub who covers. Covers what? Creation. I established you. That means God set him into this, created him and set him for this uh, position of power and influence. And you are on the holy mountain of God. That's God's, God, God's top governmental structure. You walked back... Um, overseeing his creation. Okay, You walk back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones. That would be a top-ranking angels. Those that angels are created after Lucifer, top-ranking. You were perfect in your ways. This is a clincher right here, verse 15. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created. Does that sound like he was imperfect within this time of his creation to the middle of verse 15? Does it sound like there was any imperfection found in him at all? No, but then verse 15 continues in the middle, till iniquity was found in you. So something happened that created this iniquity in him. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within, and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as profane as a profane thing out of the mountain of God. So picture God casting him, giving him the big pink slip, casting him. This is not a, would you please leave the premises? This is, you're going by, you know, armed escort of my t other top-ranking angels here, <laughs> and I'm escorting you and casting you out of my mountain. Uh, so this had to have been a serious violation for God to do this, okay? Um, especially when Lucifer had faithfully served the Most High for eons of time, um, you know, so what in the world is going on here? The abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within, okay? And I destroyed you, old covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. So uh, cast out of the mountain of God ties in with Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 uh, through 14 of fallen from heaven and then falling down or being cast down to the earth. Another way of looking at that is from the, obviously this uh, mountain of God is a very high dimensional existence compared to our third dimensional. It's right up there, probably at the top. The only thing that might be above the mountain of God is beyond the mountain of God into the eternal, eternal um, realm uh, where, th where this created realm cannot go. So keep in mind, again, that there's a reality beyond this creation. There's a reality beyond this fallen one-third, which would be the unfallen two-thirds. And there's a reality beyond the unfallen two-thirds, which would ultimately be this mountain of God. And there's a reality above and beyond even this mountain of God that enters into the eternal eternals. 
if that makes any sense. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, your heart, verse 17, was lifted up because of your beauty. That means pride. You became proudful of his beauty. And you corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. Um, I cast you to the ground. So there's that other tie-in. I cast you to the ground. Cast you down to the earth. Okay, This was not a voluntary effort here. This was a, an act of violence against Lucifer being cast out of heaven from the mountain of God and cast down to the ground. Okay, uh, now where do we find reference to this being cast down? Well, uh, of course, here verse 17 ties back over to uh, Isaiah 14, being cast down to the earth. And then we have, see, if we can come to understand that it's the first time that Lucifer and his gang have been cast out, fallen from heaven, and cast down to the ground, cast down to the earth. This is the first time. And this is not, again a voluntary thing. This is war. This is an act of violence. Okay. Um, so verse 16 says, by the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence. This isn't a kind action here. This isn't benevolence. This is violence within. Okay. And this violence within was affecting creation. Wherever Lucifer was would go, violence went with him. So something was going on within him causing this violence and then causing this violence to emanate beyond himself to affect wherever he went in creation. Remember that little bit 11. So as high priest of creation, his responsibility was to take the latest word of God out to creation. And the love of God, the laws of God, etc. And then to bring back the praises, the petitions, etc. of creation back to the throne room he was the go-between guy the nexus the high priest you look at high priest today um, the pope <laughs> the pope uh, was it francis that supposedly is the vicar of christ christ representative on the earth okay is what he's supposed to be but in reality we know he's the representative of, of lucifer on the earth okay so you got to look beyond that facade to get to the truth of who the Pope really represents on the earth. <clears throat> but in theory, he's supposed to be the vicar of Christ. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so supposedly, uh, the, in the Catholic Church model, you're supposed to take your sins to your local priest of the Catholic Church. Each Catholic church has a local, local Catholic church has a local priest, and you're supposed to con go to confessionals, you know, confess your sins to the priest. The priest is the go-between. Ultimately, the Pope is the go-between between earth and, and uh, Christ, God up above, okay? And, but one of the things that was achieved in Jesus' death and resurrection was the, remember that the curtain in the temple and, and again, going back to First Kings and how the temple, the first temple was constructed and built. It's an amazing um, description. And uh, <clears throat> there was this curtain. And remember, it was torn in half. <laughs> torn in half. No human hands could have torn that in half. That was a supernatural act. So what that represented is that we can now, because of Christ's sacrifice on the cross is blood atonement for our sins when we're washed clean by jesus's blood 
when we confess our sins before him and he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, we can come boldly before the throne of grace. Okay. We don't have to go through the Catholic priest in a confessional. We can go directly wherever we are, in our homes, in our cars, in our place of business, you know, on a, a, in a trenches of war. We can come boldly before the throne of grace. Wherever we are, whoever is around us, we can go immediately in the presence of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay, we're not we're no longer restricted going through a priest or a pastor or a rabbi or an imam. We can go boldly before the throne of grace, one-on-one with Jesus. Okay, and would you believe that that was God's intention all along? And that became one of the cross, one of the things that got under Lucifer's skin, so to speak, is that with the unveiling of the Twelve Stone Covenant, he would no longer be the Nexus guy. His operations were to be decentralized through the Holy Spirit, a direct one-on-one with God and all his creation. No longer would Lucifer be required to zip here, zip there, using God's most fantastic technologies to be all places at the same time and all times from the same place, you know, to take the latest word of God out to all of creation. Because, you know, you figure, as we think, oh, wow, you know, like Warp Factor 10 in Star Trek, that's just super fast, isn't it? Well, that's super fast for us, but it's just painfully slow for Lucifer to get the latest word of God out to all of creation in a timely fashion. And we think wormhole, stargaze, wow, zip here, zip there, but, you know, it's still too fast. That's only like point A to point B, you know. Yeah, it gets you to point A to point B really, really super fast, faster than uh, warp factor 10, but it's still too slow to affect all of creation. So Luther benefited from God's technology to be at all places at the same time and all times in the same place to take the latest word of God out. But now, with unveiling of the 12 stone covenant, through who? Born of creation. See, he superseded. Who supersedes who here? Does Jesus, the firstborn, supersede Lucifer first created, or does Lucifer first created supersede Jesus firstborn? If you, if you answered Jesus firstborn, then you answered correctly. Was God's, our Father's, always intent that at some point in the future that the twelve-stone covenant through his Son, Jesus Christ, would supersede, i.e. replace the nine-stone covenant under Lucifer. So Lucifer, being the nexus guy, would know his services no longer be needed in that capacity because God was now going to go straight through to all of his creation directly. And all his creation could directly come boldly before the throne of grace. And this was his plan before Lucifer rebuilt. You see, we all, you think, well, when I get to heaven, I'm going to know everything there is to know. No, you won't. (laughs) You think, uh, you know, you're going to get 
you know, a quadzillion PhDs, you know, like you can't do here in the natural realm, but you're just going to be a really super smart guy and, uh, or a lady or something, and you're just going to get all kinds of PhDs and just go for the gusto, and you're going to, you know, split second know everything there is to know about everything in creation. No, you're not. You're going to, you and I, and, <laughs> you know, we're all going to have to go through a lot of one-on-one classes to learn things over again, learn them correctly. Now, let's take, for example, Newtonian physics versus Einstein's relativity versus quantum mechanics, quantum realities, okay? So, as we now are getting more and more on board quantum physics realities, we look back at Newtonian physics as as being pathetic. But at the time Newton was alive, he didn't have access to the technologies and supercomputers that we have today. Maybe... If he were alive today with access to our technologies, he would have come up with some really super-duper explanations that would have solved quantum mechanics by now, quantum physics by now, actually solved them. Okay, But he only had what he had, and he did the best with what he had at the time. But Newtonian physics, when we have the advantage now of now looking back to then, we can recognize Newtonian physics was a small subset of a much larger reality. Likewise, Einstein's theories of relativity was like a next major step on the road, but still uh, it's a much, much larger subset than Newtonian physics, but it's still a subset of a much larger reality. And here we are today with quantum physics and realities and everything and ooh and ah and everything. But guess what, folks? It's still as advanced as it truly is indeed, but it's still a subset of much larger realm of physics and mathematics and realities. So it's awesome to us, but it's still, you know, in the sandbox stage compared to the real higher realm realities. Um, So if you think you're going to get to heaven and we're going to automatically know everything there is to know, no, you're not. We're all going to have to go through a lot of 101s, unlearn things, relearn things, learn new things. Some of us are going to be riding our bicycles with training wheels on for some time before we get master a certain subject or item or whatever it is you know we're interested in to master that before we go on to the next level if you think god's creation that we're going to eventually exhaust all knowledge and wisdom and potentialities to god's wisdom and that we're going to become all-knowing <laughs> uh yeah good luck <laughs> you know i don't think so um <clears throat> So, likewise, there was realities that Lucifer, as, as you know, first created with his perfect and beauty, perfect intelligence that he had. Yet there was realities that preexisted him that God never made him privy to. So, like, take if any of you are currently parents, and you have, especially like little ones, or if you have. Uh, grown-up children, but you remember when they were little and stuff. Well, when they were little, that the reality around them became their ground zero. So we know how kids, ever since like iPads, iPhones, and stuff, they're just glued to. You can't, you know, they scream and holler and cry and whine if they can't 
you know, have your cell phone and play with it. So you give in and you put all kinds of games to keep them entertained, you know, on their cell phone and stuff, which is actually counterproductive to their intellectual development. Okay. Um, but we do that to quiet them down, et cetera. But that becomes their ground zero. They don't have a pre-knowledge unless they get old enough where they study the history of technology and technology development and history and history development. They won't, don't, otherwise, they don't have a knowledge of what preceded. So when um, people like John and I and some of you folks, you know, you talk about the good old days of uh, reel-to-reel tapes and 8-tracks and cassette tapes, and they look at you with their eyes crossed like, what are you talking about, man? What is that stuff, you know? <laughs> to us, it was common technology, but to them, it's like Stone Age. You know, it's back in the dinosaur era. We never heard of that kind of stuff, you know? Um, <clears throat> so there were realities that of today's babies that pre-existed them, obviously, that un, unless they get old enough and have an interest to study those pre-existent realities, they will not necessarily know what they were. Now, we have this saying that to those who do not learn from history are condemned to repeat it. <clears throat> okay, so that's another example. So um, if today's children as they develop, do not acquire an interest in what happened before them. And to learn the lessons of history, learn the lessons of technology, good, bad, and ugly of technology, that maybe we shouldn't, like, do those things with technology, you know, because of all the death and destruction, we should probably try to do good things with our technology. They will be condemned to repeat that because they haven't learned lessons of history. Now, I submit to you folks <clears throat> that in, let's say that we could equally educate everybody on the planet, past, present, future, on all of history so that everybody would learn history and learn the pitfalls so we wouldn't necessarily, uh, hopefully, not do those same mistakes ever again. I submit to you that we would still, if everybody on the planet was equally educated on history and knew the pitfalls of, oh, well, maybe we shouldn't do that, we would end up doing that anyway. And that's due to this sin nature, sin nature. Okay, And that's due to, in a broader context of the angel wars, that when the angel wars erupted and there was a certain degree of fighting, etc., but at some point God says enough is enough, and he put what would become the fallen one-third into a containment system so it could go no further. So all that which is in this containment system, this sandbox reality, is condemned to repeat history until there is no more history to repeat. This is the fallen one-third that we're in. It's an endless treadmill to nowhere. It's an endless loop reality, endless loop, 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 loop. Try as we may to avoid the pitfalls of history, we are condemned to repeat them. There is no way out of this fallen one-third. No way out. And that's why Jesus came, to provide a way out of this fallen one-third, endless loop, treadmill to nowhere reality. That's why he came. There's other reasons, but to rescue 
us. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, upon Jesus, will be saved, will be rescued out of this endless loop reality until there's no more history to repeat. That means self-destruction. See, what Lucifer doesn't get is left on his own devices. He will end up eventually self-destructing and self-destructing, annihilating everything and everyone within the fallen one-third. That's called the law of entropy. That unless the law of entropy is one of the uh, unintended consequences of what he and his fallen fallen comrades evoked, you know, upon what would become the fallen one-third is this entropy. So on day one, one of the features of day one, when God said, let there be light, he's taken command of this entropy and putting a counter weight to it. So entropy goes so far and then it springs back in a new burst type of scenario. Energy is neither created nor destroyed. A balance. He spoke forth a balance within this fallen one-third so it would not become totally consumed unto itself, unto darkness. Because he embarked upon the six days of creation and in reality six days of restoration of the fallen one-third as per his bold plan of redemption and salvation for he was not willing that any should perish. On day one, he st- could have instead have declared final judgment. The w- great white throne judgment could have occurred on day one. But instead, he embarked upon a bold plan that took six day ages to accomplish. And on the seventh day age, he rested because he had accomplished everything that he sought to achieve within the six day ages so that he could rest. So the seventh day age is an overarching age of grace where God's plan of redemption and salvation unto this fallen one-third is ployed and deployed. And we, as we read through the Bible, we see the back and forth, you know, of that Lucifer and his gang did not just lie down, you know, and, you know, and uh, give in to God's plan here. They're continually fighting back, right? They're continually fighting back. The war, the wars in the heavens, they, they're, they're not being fought in the unfallen two-thirds, but they're still being fought in the fallen one-third realm, which is still a big chunk of real estate on the cosmos of the original creation. The angel wars are still being fought. Even to this day, we have this super-duper secret space program that's already out there for decades and making alliances with certain groups and uh, fighting other groups and uh, super uh, space capabilities and weapons and weapons platforms and everything. Everything you see in Star Wars, Star Trek, Atlantis, uh, Atlantis, uh, Stargate, and Atlantis SG-1 and stuff, that's all true. It's not science fiction, it's science fact. And some of it, like Star Wars, is science history. Stuff that really happened way back when. And it's still being reverberated through today and as we study biblical prophecy, is yet to play out. And we're seeing a lot of it playing out right day by day in the real here and now, the angel wars. Because the enemy knows they can read and study the Bible just as we can and actually have a better grasp on where things are going than we do. 
<laughs> okay? And so they know that at some point, Revelation chapter 12 is going to play out once again. That means that the Revelation 12, was it verse 9, 7, 9, where uh, the great red dragon and his angels are cast down to the earth. This is the second time now that they're being cast down. So what do you mean? That means that after the first time in Isaiah chapter 14, they did manage to rise above. The five I wills of Lucifer were partially, partially accomplished, but within the confines, that's why I say partially, within the confines of this fallen one-third. Okay, so Lucifer was able to accomplish those five I wills, but within the confines, the strict sandbox of this fallen one-third. He was not allowed to take his five I wills outside of this fallen realm, this fallen one-third. So on Revelation chapter 12, this is where God's forces are coming back into this fallen you know, this is, you know, God's forces are coming into an invasion force of the godly realm into this fallen realm, and they are kicking butt from the higher dimensional realities. Like the Bible says, shaking that fig tree, and all the figs and the leaves are shaken down from that tree. The stars are falling from heaven. They're being cast down to the earth. So from the higher dimensional realities within this fallen one-third, the God's heavenly forces are kicking butt and casting them by violence. The kingdom of God, you know, take it by violence, right? Taking territories back within this fallen one-third by violence, by act of war against the fallen ones and casting them down to lower dimensional realities until they're finally back here on this planet, or at least on a third dimensional reality within the fallen one-third, a fleshly reality. So right now, Lucifer and his gangs, for a long stretch of time here, have enjoyed the higher dimensional realities and what that affords them in capabilities, power, capabilities, intellect, etc. When you're at a higher dimensional reality, you've got a bird's eye perspective on your lower dimensions. Just like our Heavenly Father, being outside of creation itself, can look down. It's like watching a movie, right? So we watch a movie, hour and a half long, but at 30 frames per second, you know, supposedly 30 frames per second, and our eyes, our, our consciousness does not pick up on each individual frame, but subconsciously our brains, our soul realm, do pick up on 30 frames a second. Subconsciously, we're picking up on that. And that's why, the like, Madison Marketing, you know, um, they learned a, lot, a long time ago to put every other frame, you know, one frame within those 30 frames a second, they put one frame in there that maybe is popcorn. And so you're watching this movie, and, oh, I'm getting hungry for popcorn. That's because there's one frame in there that you're consciously not seeing it, but subconsciously you're picking up on that popcorn, and you're hungry for popcorn. They do this all the time. They've got it down to a perfection where they don't even have to have you watching a movie or a TV anymore. They just beam it straight in your head. <laughs> okay? Straight in your head. Voice of God technologies. Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi 24-7. A sea, uh, ocean of electronic smog surrounding us all. And we're 
told in the New Testament to bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And if you don't do that, you're going to be held hostage by this constant assault of our subconscious sensory perceptions that consciously we may not be picking up on, yet we are reacting. Again, if we're not bringing every thought captive, if we're not covered by the blood of Jesus, if we're not prayed up, we're going to be held hostage to every wind of doctrine, every wave of that electronic smog that flows this way and splashes that way and ramping up, you know, the the uh, COVID narrative. And now it's the Ukraine narrative. You see one wave after another crashing into our subconscious, into our conscious realm, you know, putting all those subconscious things in everything around us and most people are totally unaware that they're being played for suckers do you want to be a sucker all your life or do you want command and control of your life if you want command and control of your life you need to get hold of Jesus he's the way out of this endless loop reality he's the way out of this nightmare he's the way off this demon infested rock in particular you know where we live He came to provide a way out of here, out of this endless loop reality until endless repeat of history, until there's no history left to repeat, until it's back to its point of singularity, i.e. a hellish lake of fire existence for all eternity. Okay, so... We find that in Revelation chapter 12 is the second time. Now, do you suppose that wouldn't be a little embarrassing to Lucifer and his top-ranking gang up there, you know? Eighth, ninth dimensional realities. Lucifer is at the top of the ninth dimensional reality, let's say, and because uh, <clears throat> he's the ninth, stone, you know, high priest of the ninth stone covenant, so um, the law of the nines. And... <clears throat> I don't know where where the cutoff, but you know, would be like sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth dimensional realities. So you think um, once when they're cast down here to lower dimensional realities, and specifically on this planet, do you think they're going to be happy about it, or are they going to be ticked off? Are they going to be heavily embarrassed? Because from their perspective, they think they've got an upper hand this time. They've learned learned uh, what things to do, what things not to do, and fighting against God and his forces, angelic forces, right? So they think they've got it figured out, they've got an upper hand on this, but they find out they don't. And they're cast down once again. Do you think they're going to be happy? Do you think they're going to be heavily embarrassed? <laughs> okay. But, you know, it's one of those things where you're heavily embarrassed, but you're just going to have to, you know, like um, suck it up, you know, and put on a smiley face. Okay, that this is your advantage of being cast down. So what that also means is when we further read through the book of Revelation and other books that talk about the end times, we have to realize that Lucifer and his gang are going to be cast down to the earth. That means from higher dimensional realities and the capabilities that they currently enjoy, they're not going to be able to exercise those capabilities in these lower dimensional realities unless They've got their minions down here on these lower dimensional realities, already having developed the technologies 
and the fit extension human host bodies to exist on this plane of existence and enjoy the same capabilities here that they enjoyed in the higher dimensional realities. Please understand that, folks. To develop the technologies in this third dimensional reality, so when they're cast down, they have what they need to have fully operational so they don't miss a beat. They're fully capable of doing nine-dimensional stuff here in the third-dimensional reality. Wouldn't you say it's kind of awesome? <laughs> okay. But our Heavenly Father is even more awesome. When Jesus comes back with armies of heaven, the hosts of heaven, and the saints, the enemy and all his forces, all his super-duper technologies don't stand a chance. But when they do, when they're cast down here, and we're seeing some of, some of the early waves already, we've seen some of the early waves of this already happening with an increase of UFO flaps and UFOs, etc., strange and bizarre phenomena and everything. We're seeing some of this already taking place. Um, so many stories, even going back decades already, of you know um, UFOs dropping um, human beings off, you know, human beings that they maybe uh, experimented on, extracted maybe some sperm from guys, ovum from women, you know, um, to create hybrids, etc. Experimenting decades ago, maybe you could say hundreds of thousands of years ago already, experimenting with the human, the Adamic, more precisely the Adamic genome to try to come up with a winning combination that can marry the best of the Adamic genome with the best of their genome to survive what's coming as per the books of Revelation and other prophetic books in their attempt to beat God in this war. They still, you know, you have to give Lucifer credit for being an eternal optimist. He still thinks he can win this thing. Okay. <laughs> and let's say that, let's say, you know, that he does know in deep inside that he's going to lose, but he can't afford to let anybody know that he knows that. So he's going to be putting on a happy face and encouraging all his generals and you know all down to the privates, you know, sector that we can win this rah rah. Let's go for it, you know. We got all this super duper technology. We're on the front edge of this stuff. We can beat God at his own game. <clears throat> so Lucifer wants to finally Again, the five I wills in Isaiah chapter 14, he was able to partially um, accomplish them, but within the constraints of this fallen one-third. So his goal is to still embark and fully accomplish those five I wills completely. Um, but our Father's not going to let that happen. <clears throat> Again, there are certain realities laws of physics, mathematics, and existences that it pre-existed the creation of Lucifer. That Lucifer has never been made privy to. And that's going to be his undoing. In fact, we can say that when God spoke, um, you know, he spoke forth maybe, uh, you know, planets, the suns, the stars, galaxies, he spoke them forth. And 
Well, at some point he spoke forth Lucifer. He spoke forth into creation Lucifer. <clears throat> and so, but Lucifer has never been made privy as to the sacred words that God spoke forth that created him. But that doesn't mean Lucifer hasn't been trying to find out ever since his fall just what those sacred words were that created him. So he can, because he knows that that's God the Father's ace up his sleeve to undo Lucifer. It's like I created you, I can uncreate you. Okay, well, what's the formula that you created me? If I can figure out the formula, the sequence of sacred words that created myself, then maybe I can develop some kind of technological shield to protect myself from when you unspeak me from existence sort of thing, you know, some kind of technology that would shield me from that. All right. And ever since God set up this containment system, him, him and his buddies, and even here on the third dimensional reality of this planet, have been trying to figure out the God particle, right? That last particle, the final particle for that equation that explains this realm. Okay? The final equation, sequence of equation or equations um, that can finally explain that over there in CERN in Switzerland that's trying to what part of the world, what they're experimenting, trying to figure out, you know, how to undo this or what what's the secret behind all this so we can uh, create our own, truly create our own reality outside of this sandbox reality. Outside this fallen one third, we can create our whole new reality totally separate from God, <laughs> you know, in, in all things pertaining to God. <clears throat> but they're not going to succeed because they're in the fallen one, one-third, fallen realm, <clears throat> and whatever um, timeline they might create, whatever alternate parallel universe they might be able to create or parallel anything, <laughs> you know, it all leads back to the point of origin, Kind of like in that scary um, movie with the haunted mansion, right? <clears throat> and everybody's dying in the haunted mansion. It's surrounded by a forest of trees. And there's only one long driveway to the mansion, you know, surrounded by these dark, it's the middle of pitch black night, you know. <clears throat> no moon out or nothing, stars. <clears throat> and uh, everybody's uh, being murdered in the mansion. So, you know, the, the man and the woman escape, you know, they run out to the car and yay, it starts up and, you know, they drive around and they get on this road and they remember, remembered that there were, they used to be on this highway and, and they branched off in this long road. So they're, they're driving down this long driveway and they come to this road. And so they, let's say they turn right. They think they're finally escaped this haunted mansion, right? And so they're driving down this highway, right, thinking they've escaped. And next thing you know, <laughs> they're right back at the haunted mansion. I said, well, maybe we should have taken a left. <laughs> so they, they go back down that drive, down, back down that long driveway, and they take a left at the highway again. At this time, I take a left. And so they're going, think, oh, we've finally gotten out of here. Let's hope, you know. But it only brings them back to the haunted mansion. There's no escaping the haunted mansion. 
That's the reality that's fallen one-third. There's no escaping this reality except through Jesus Christ. And no matter what CERN is able to accomplish, it will lead them right back to the same reality of destruction. Okay, The very thing they're trying to escape is the very thing that they'll be led back to. There's no escaping this fallen realm. When God put the DMZ in place, the containment system in place, it was absolute. There's no way out of it. Okay, so... Um, Revelation 12, second time they're cast down. And it's game on, war on. Okay, So continuing in Ezekiel, I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. You defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities. So this is something serious, folks. Multitude of iniquities. It wasn't just one little slip up. This is a multitude of bad things to the point defiling his sanctuaries. And the iniquity of his trading. What do you suppose Lucifer traded in? Pay for play. Or <laughs> we heard that, seen that in our own time, right? If you want access to the White House, you got to pay to play, baby, <laughs> or you don't get nowhere. Okay? We see that all over in the news pay for play. Okay? And then the show realm, you know, <laughs> guardians of our souls will. Uh, well, you know, you have to, <clears throat> they merchandise the word of God. And so you have the kings of the uh, religious realm living like kings on the backs of the poor that can't afford their next rent payment, can't afford to keep the lights on, can't afford their meds, but they're giving all their money they can to these kings. So they got these multi-million dollar mansions and Learjets and limos and all the trinkets that Lucifer can bless them with. Because, hey, if they were living like the rest of us, then they wouldn't have the appearance of being blessed by the Most High God for all their unwavering faith in God's Word. Well, then I guess Jesus would be a prime example of living a very cursed life because he died on the cross. If anybody had a right to worldly wealth and power and prestige, he did. He, in fact, he was the heir to the throne of Israel. He was the rightful heir, and everybody knew it, especially Herod and his gang. They were Edomites. And they weren't supposed to be ruling over Israel, but they were. But here comes along comes Jesus, who is the rightful heir to the throne of Israel. If anybody had a right to rule and reign, Jesus did. Put him to the cross. And Jesus had great faith. Jesus loved his father. He loved his father's word. He read and studied and prayed and stayed in faith. We can read of his miracles and the words he spoke. If anybody had a right to worldly success and achievement, he did. But he was put to the cross. Many people today are being put to the cross, in a sense, through impoverishment. They're living their lives of faith, just even if just hanging on barely by the skin of their teeth, one day to the next, one moment to the next, hanging on, barely hanging on. But they're hanging on to Jesus. Because I tell you, if you're going to hang on to the 
world's economic system, we're seeing it being imploded, deliberately being destroyed day by day. It's only a matter of when the full collapse happens. And you can be a Warren Buffett, and your billions will not save you in the time of that judgment. You can be Bill Gates, and and all your billions and all your worldly connections will not save you in that time of judgment. Pity those poor souls, because they've sold out to Satan long ago for all his worldly wealth and blessings that he can bless a person with, worldly blessings of success and fame and fortune and everything he can bless as being the God of this world. Take care of where your blessings come from. And if if you should surmise, determine that certain of your quote-unquote blessings are actually coming from Lucifer and his false kingdom of light, then you turn those blessings over to Jesus and ask him how to best direct those blessings from Lucifer to Jesus' direction, where Jesus would have you. So, folks, one way is if you got a whole ton of uh, funds, money, okay, more than you'll ever spend in 10 lifetimes, ask Jesus, who can you bless? We see some rock and roll stars, for example, Bon Jovi, that he grew up in simple times. He never forgot his roots when he rose up to stardom and his millions. He he never forgot his roots. So now he's putting his, his money where his roots were. He's going back to the people, back to those who are disadvantaged. We, he's just one example of many, and I don't know if he's a Christian or not, but I, I just just one example of where somebody who rose up to fame and fortune, who could easily kick back and relax the rest of their lives in ease and comfort, but instead is going back to their roots and giving to the people, the people on the streets, the people on on the ground, so to speak, you know. The disadvantaged. And so, you know, I I admire people like that that have not forgotten their roots, whether they're Christian or not. And if they're not, then we can certainly pray. The Lord Jesus will waken them up before it's too late. That they're actually doing the work of Jesus, whether they know it or not. Okay, So it would be better if they knew that they were. So they too can be saved and washed clean by the blood of Jesus. Um, so now the, I wish I had more time, but again, reviewing Ezekiel 28 is important because it's like one of the anchor, uh, one of the anchor sections of scripture. If you can get a grasp on Ezekiel 28 tiny with Isaiah 14, you'll get a very good anchor understanding of Lucifer, who he originally was and created to be, and then what tripped him up, you know, in the fall and being cast down the earth, and et cetera. And as that has um, gone forward in time to our time, when he's going to be cast down again a second time, that's Revelation chapter 12, and how that's all going to play out. So, verse 18, you defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your trading. Therefore, I brought fire from your midst that devoured you, and I turned you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw you. Verse 18, I brought, I turned you to ashes upon the earth. This has not fully happened yet. 
this is a prophecy <clears throat> that God is pronouncing and is yet to be totally fulfilled. And Lucifer, you see, in what happened when he was cast out of the mountain of God and fallen from heaven and then cast down to the ground, cast down to the earth, and then five, Lucifer's five eye wills is his defiance against God's judgment of being cast out of the mountain of God, cast down from heaven and down to the ground, to the earth. That's his five statements of rebellion of I'm not I'm you know I'm going to mount up a resistance I'm not going to accept this judgment against me okay so in this judgment I will turn you to ashes upon the earth this is like the final act of judgment of that God is going to do to Lucifer turn him to ashes but Lucifer in his defiance is saying no you can turn me to ashes but I will be raised up as a new phoenix this verse is the origin of the phoenix, where Lucifer arises from these ashes. <clears throat> now, in today's environment, we know that the United States must be brought down in order for the new world order, i.e. the phoenix, to arise from the ashes. If the United States remains as the beacon, <laughs> and I say this kind of tongue-in-cheek in a sense, the beacon of freedom and liberty, that's on the plus side. But on the negative side, we know that that's not how things really work, unfortunately. Um, it might be how you and I view our own lives and try to live our own lives to freedom and liberty and the responsibilities that come with that, individual freedom and liberty, that we're responsible with that. But the dark side, um, they have a different interpretation of that. So they, their perspective, they have to bring the United States down to subjugate it to the new world order because the new world order will not tolerate individual freedom and liberty except for their own and that's for their upper echelon, not even Amen. for their minions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Amen. And this is a good yeah. point of time to stop. Praise God. And um, uh, I just wanted to thank you very much, Lauren, for joining us tonight. Powerful message, very deep. Um, and um, also um, looking forward, maybe, you know, depending on how you feel and everything, maybe if you can share the Yu-Gi-Oh experience that you had, because it, it is a fascinating experience and could could very well be exceedingly prophetic. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see. All right, praise God. Well, yeah. anyway, thank you all for joining us tonight. Tonight is Wednesday, March the 23rd. Um, weirdness happening all over the world. There is a, evidently there is a, um, I've popped it out to a handful of people. There is a Simpsons cartoon prediction, turns out. Uh, it has a, uh, a kind of a Homer Simpson looking guy. Well, it is uh, with a uh, Ukrainian military uniform on and um, 2022 in the rifle pointing it to a CCCP, uh, you know, Russian fellow that's looking at him like, yeah, right, buddy. And then, of course, in the background is a uh, person, you know, again, it's uh, Homer Simpson holding a, a, a Ukrainian flag. And if that wasn't interesting enough as it is standalone, an uh, accompaniment with that particular cartoon or Simpsons episode is another uh, where there is a nuclear bomb uh, that has not quite exploded yet. It has lodged itself into the ground. And on the side of the nuclear bomb is a date. It's 5-5-2022. 5-5-2022. So anyway, what does this mean? 
I don't know. Wow. I'm shaking my shoulders. Um, we we do yeah. know that the uh, Simpson cartoon of 9-11 did, in fact, come true, and the date was right. Um, we know that there were some predictions associated with the Boston Bomber uh, you know, event and all that kind of stuff in some of the episodes. Uh, but anyway, the point I'm trying to make is here we got to be careful with this stuff because I certainly wouldn't want, wouldn't want to sell the farm over any of these things because there's uh, you know 100 times more of these things that have been out there that did not happen uh, than there has been of those that did. All right, but it is interesting to know that it's floating around, it's flying around, it's uh, getting plastered all over Facebook right now, and I thought you might want to be aware of it. All right, praise God. So thank you all for joining us tonight. Uh, Lord willing, we'll see you at Friday night, 7 p.m. It's the Friday night prayer vigil. Thank you, Brother Lauren, for joining us. God bless you all. God bless you all. Thank you. Lord, we come to you with repentant hearts. We seek you with all our might. Sinners at the mercy of grace. Redeemed we are by your embrace. Praise his holy name. Praise the King of Kings. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you, we will endure Until you come back for your bride To set her free Write our names in your book of life we are cleansed through your holy sacrifice as we lift your I shall lift my obedient children to the clouds, for they shall see my glory.